SMQBs, this is episode 94. We update the World Cup. We're down to the semis. We talk a little bit about the very sad passing of Grant Wall. We get into NFL week 14. The boys crushed their Plaxico locks as expected. Uh, MLB hot stove report. Heisman Trophy winner Brittany Griner comes home. A punchable, couple punchable faces of the week. A really good Ted Lasso moment that's out of the Ted Lasso episode and an appreciation for Paul Silas. Check us out. Leave us five stars. Thanks for listening. And from the people climb up on the booth, hanging from the people on the people, my hits the roof, dancing on the ceiling, on the people, I got people on the, dancing on the people, I got people. SMQB's episode 94. All right, this 94 is a two-time Division I AA All-American who finished his collegiate career with 506 tackles, 17 sacked, three interceptions. He was a fourth-round pick in the 1986 NFL draft. Mm, He's a five time Super Bowl champion. Okay. He's a cowboy. So he's a 49er or a cowboy. Who's uh, in the 80s? Can't be a first team all pro. He was all pro in 1990 and 1994. Oh, oh, it's a guy from the, from the uh, 49ers. But who? Right. He's in the uh, Cowboys Ring of Honor. Cowboys. The 49ers Hall of Fame. I know Charles, Charles um, Haley. Haley. Yes. Good Combo work. tag team. Good work, gentlemen. Sounds like Charles <laughs> Lewis Haley. Did he That's win a Super Bowl with thing. both of them? He won yeah. uh, two Super Bowls with the Niners and three with the Cowboys. Is he oh, in the yeah. Hall of Fame? He is in the Hall of Fame, although it took him a while to get in. And he sort of griped about, you know, that he didn't get in because I guess he was sort of a jerk to the media. And so that he he made it very well known that he thought he didn't get in uh, because of that. So but, you know, other than Brady, he's the only player with five Super Bowls championships. Wow. wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's like the uh, impressive. who's yeah. that guy? Who's that basketball player? Robert Corey. Have Robert Horry. He's like the he's Robert like seven Horry titles or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how's everybody doing? Doing well. Right. Dragging a little air. Milk, you're in a you're in a good right. You're in a good football. I'm, uh, weekend, I'm fresh. Right? You guys seem a little like you're dragging. <laughs> yeah, there uh, there may have been some festivities this weekend that have some of the SMQBs a little beat up. Understood. You guys didn't get the job done. You 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 were this close to the greatest upset in a oh, long time. You didn't I get know. the job done. You guys were there and you didn't get the I job know. done. We were putting out as much bad juju as we and possibly could. How obvious was that then? And we were you actually sitting with other um Just, Texans fans who were right there with us. And and you want to know the worst thing? The worst part of it, House, is Hat and I switched seats in the second half. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Pope said. When this when they come back and win the game, it's gonna, it's going to be your fault because you guys switched seat. <laughs> Why would you do that? Why did you switch seats? Damn it! I, I know, I know. Come on, I know, I know. 
I know. Well, we'll get to the NFL in a little bit, but we've got to start with uh, World Cup. How's uh, what's going on uh, with the footballers? I'll tell you what, Qatar is so lucky that there's some great football being played because that there is such a story of what a dumpster fire this whole tournament is. I, I don't know what the ratings are going to be, but nobody's able to watch unless they're on a weekend. Nobody's able to watch these amazing games that are 10 in the morning in East Coast. I mean, if you're if you're in L.A., it's what is it? Whatever. 7 a.m. and 11 a.m. Yeah. to watch. I mean, it's crazy, but whatever. Uh, notwithstanding the mess that that is, there were some incredible, incredible quarterfinal games, including two that went to PKs, incredible goaltending, but we do have some superstars on the verge of making it to the finals. And we have some upstarts on the Mm -hmm. way of making it to the finals tomorrow, Argentina, Croatia, 2 PM Eastern Wednesday, France, and a first-time-ever African nation in the semifinals, Morocco, 2 p.m. Eastern. Should make for some great entertainment. Uh, Everybody says the prohibitive favorites are a superstar final of Argentina and France. But we've got Croatia, which now it's, it's old hat for them to go to extra time if not PKs, when they go to PKs, they don't lose it. Do you know that in the last nine major tournaments, Croatia has been in eight of the last nine matches have gone to extra time. They don't freak out. They do not freak out when they go to extra time. And when they go to PKs, they just totally put this other team in a trance and they win in PKs, which is what they did. Well, and they both, they beat the number one overall seed to get there in, yeah. in um, Brazil and then Morocco. My God upset Spain and then Portugal. That's amazing. Crazy. Crazy. Do you know that Morocco has conceded one goal in the tournament and it was an own goal? I mean, their wow. defense and their midfield is really insane. And although there were some beautiful goals scored by France in that epic France-England match, France, I think everybody that watched that match would agree that France was outplayed by England. Uh, England had a lot, a lot, of legit chances, but we've got some magic tomorrow. Croatia had one shot, one and only one shot on target versus Brazil. And it didn't come until the 116th minute and they scored it. And that's what led them into PKs. Um, They've got, they've got a, they're, they've got their own steeled veteran, uh, Luka Modric, 37-year-old, he's wanting to will this Croatian team to an upset. But this is the dream that Messi has long, Lionel Messi has long pursued, is to get the one thing that is not in his trophy cabinet. That's a World Cup. He's won everything else, every possible other personal and team victory. But the one thing that has evaded him is that that will be all the storylines on TV. Will Messi get into a final and win his elusive World Cup? So look out for Messi versus midfielder Mateo Kovacic, um, as, as well as Ju- Jusko Gvardiol, who's many consider the best center back of the tournament so far. They're going to try to lock down Messi in that semi. In the Wednesday semi, um, look out for this great matchup between PSG teammates, Kylian Mbappe for France, the, one of the world's best players, and Ashraf Hakimi who is the best right back on the planet has been playing out of his mind. 
the interesting thing is even though he's a defender at right back, he's also a kickstarter for their offense. The, the Moroccan strategy is, are we going to lock down Mbappe and try to keep this thing close and maybe get to extra time in PKs? Um, or are we going to let Hakimi get up in the midfield, in the, in the offensive half and try to get a scoring chance? It, it should be great matchups. I think both of them will be low scoring. Didn't you think that the England-France game was the most entertaining game of the whole cup? There have been some good ones, but that was phenomenal. I mean, more yeah. probably more shots on goal than any other game. I mean, they were just firing away from downtown, too, not just waiting yeah. to get in close. Can we talk about the choke job by Kane? Yeah, I think we have. I can Ooh. feel the life of Ooh. England just die. People died yeah. over there. I know. I feel it from Florida. I yeah. I don't, I don't think he's going to. I don't think he went home as a goat because he's so reliable and he's had so many key vic- victory and PKs for that country. He had been, I think, 17 of 20 from PKs before that miss, but that wasn't even close. It was not yeah. even close. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah. I think he went directly to LA where he signed with the Galaxy because he's never gone back to LA again. <laughs> I mean... Oh, I just, I just kept saying to people, like, if there's one thing you got to do is put it on net. If the goalie makes a save, the goalie makes a save, but right. you got to at least put it on net. You cannot miss the goal altogether. Oh my God. Harry Kane. Mm. More Crazy. suffering for a, a long waiting nation. Uh, poor England, but. Oh, spice- listen, that's what they get for burning Washington down. That, that was, a, that was a fucked up move. And, and listen, I don't have any sympathy for him. Sorry. They're guys. still paying for that. Yes, they are. So who do you guys like? I mean, who do you guys like as the World Cup champion? By the next time we meet next week, we'll have a crown champion. So who's going to be the champion? Mbappe repeats with France. Yeah, I think so. I think France breaks Messi's heart, you know, and uh, that's it. That's my pick. I'm going Argentina, but how awesome would it be for Morocco and Croatia? Like, yeah, I don't think we can fathom how important this is for those countries. I mean, it, it's this is their everything. If they're you everything. look at a map of the world, too, the cool thing is that Morocco, the two countries closest to each other are probably in this whole tournament. Geographically, were Morocco and Portugal, and Spain is pretty close too. I mean, they they are, must all be very familiar with the with their football programs. This is a good point. Morocco has come a long way. My preview was Argentina, France final. My preview was Argentina wins it all. I'm sticking with my preview. Argentina faces France and Messi gets it off his back and wow. comes home. Finally, a champion. Yeah, that'd, wow. be cool. that'd be cool if sure. that happened. You're, you're much better at picking these games than you are your Plaxico lock. So. <laughs> you wait till you guys hear this week. It's not pretty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a good All thing, right. uh, Bison. It's a good thing you and I took the um, te- the Texans with points, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when it, when's the final? Is it this weekend? Next weekend? The final is Sunday morning at nine a.m. Eastern. Nine a.m. Eastern. Oh, yeah, exactly. Again. Oh, well, on a weekend, it's not so bad, but during the week, what if you're six a.m. and in, in West Coast, you got to get up. Yeah. That's well, I think there's there's one other World Cup story that we have to at least touch on, uh, and that's the really uh, sad death of, of Grant Wall, who um, was I think he wrote for Sports you mean murder. 
Well, that's wow. we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, so is Wall, that on the table? For that's, people who, who don't oh, know, Wall, Wall was probably one of the most influential journalists covering soccer in the United States. And, and you talk to anybody involved in soccer development in the United States and they would credit, they, they put a lot of credit for Wall on helping to expand the game just because of the passion uh, and commitment he had. He spent about, I think it was like 26 years at Sports Illustrated uh, mostly covering soccer um, until you know, Sports Illustrated, we could probably do a pod talking about that, but they were bought by private equity and sort of cleaned house a little bit. And and he, that was when he left Sports Illustrated. Uh, but he was probably the journalist covering soccer in the United States. Uh, he, the it, You have to mention it at least is he did show up at one of the matches um, in a rainbow shirt and had been um, detained by security at the stadium in Qatar uh, and eventually was let go. Uh, I guess he pitched enough of a fit and had enough juice that, that he was able to wear his shirt. Uh, he apparently was complaining to his agent about not feeling well, not getting much sleep and having a lot of tightness uh, in his chest uh, and then was, was found dead in his apartment uh but no i guess that's not right he actually collapsed in the yeah, during, during the, the during yeah, the game right, right during the croatia was right, the croatia right, game right right uh, How old in was the he? box i think he was 49 um 48 48 or 49 um and you know princeton uh undergrad degree and and um so house tell us these you know theories though about foul play because it is like i think People legit are wondering what what's going on here. Well, it's his brother who uh, you need to just see the video he recorded posted on social media on Twitter. I think Instagram as well that he is convinced. I know he's going through a lot of the different stages of grief already in this tragedy. Such a young man who when he left for the World Cup was well. But the two sides of the coin are one is that he had come down with some kind of bronchial infection, was really struggling, was sick on the day, the last day of the match that he attended, was having some difficulties breathing, and then collapsed during the Argentina match. So one side of the coin is he was just sick. It was getting worse and worse and worse, and it overtook him. He was just stressed, worked, whatever, and he died. His brother thinks that there was foul play, uh, he doesn't know exactly what is the nature of the foul play, but there were two stories that he was covering. One was the kind of bigotry relating to uh, particularly LGBT um, folks, and that's what Bison was alluding to with the shirt that he wore. But he had also run a story that was very, very critical about the number of migrant workers that had well, I guess you can't say killed, but they died uh, during the construction of all these stadiums. I mean, they—they the Qatar officials have admitted to 500 people at least having died. Like, can you imagine what? 500 people building Jeez. stadiums die? Like, one of them died a few, couple of days ago. Like, you know, they're still they're still doing work. Yeah, and they just shipping these that bodies. Picture. They're just shipping these bodies home in bags to to their families. They're you know, no money, no nothing. You know, just awful. The story I read too was that you know if they're, they're admitting to five or six hundred, there's probably twice that. Right, right. 
So he had his claws into that story, and that obviously wasn't popular with mm. the officials there. And his brother is convinced that because of all that, there was some foul play because otherwise all this doesn't add up. I doubt we'll ever know. Yeah. Well, are they well, doing an autopsy? I don't think so. I mean, I think there were demands that it has to occur, but I think Cutter's in charge of whether or not that's going to happen. I mean, the, the embassy is trying to get the body home to the to the family and stuff. I mean, that's the, you know, when you you die overseas like that, there are rules you have to go through, right? I mean, there's there's laws on what happens to a body. Uh, so it's, it's you know, it's not an easy process. And certainly if there's anything um, suspect about it, they're, they're probably not going to play ball. Sad. Well, regardless, it is, it's a very sad story. Uh, and and uh, just very sad for all, I think, American soccer fans, yeah. because he really very was uh, at the center of everything that's happened, soccer, USA. So, anything else on the World Cup? No, no. Go Messi. Go Argentina. Sorry, Brewster. <laughs> all right. Brewster, let's talk uh, NFL football. What's uh well, well, interesting we weekend, get, huh? Yeah, very interesting. Before we get to the NFL, since Pope's not with us, let me just say, give a shout out to the family of Mike Leach, you know, who's was taken to the hospital um, yesterday, I think. And they've now announced he's in critical condition. Uh, yeah, the coach of Mississippi State, best, you know, best thoughts and prayers to him and his family. I don't know. They're not really saying what it is, um, Love but it guy. sounds it sounds pretty serious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The NFL yesterday was crazy. I mean, I keep going back to this issue. I don't know why I'm obsessed by it, but now we have two $220 million a year plus, or not a total contract, $220 million quarterbacks who are flameouts in the NFL. Uh, Russell Wilson on the Broncos was one of the first three teams eliminated from the playoffs after losing to the Chiefs. And Deshaun Watson, the Browns are worse with mm. him in the lineup than they were while. While he was suspended, but isn't that to um, be expected? Sort of, but it's, he, he, he like looked sloppy. He looked pretty sloppy yeah. through an interception in the fourth quarter, and then had two fourth down plays where he had open receivers that he just flat out missed. Yeah, um, you know he 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 didn't look good. I don't think the team's gelling around him. I think you know rumor has it that in in the post uh, game presser he was heard saying this should as as my former massage therapist used to say this shouldn't be that hard <laughs> oh my god oh, oh my god oh my god i really hope our production engineers work on that one you've been waiting all day to say that holy shit please Oh my God. Uh, well, that just saved me a tattoo right there. Saved me a tattoo <laughs> also. Oh, wow. Wow. Spotify just took us down. Did uh, I just hear but that? It, look, as House said earlier, we almost <laughs> saw the upset maybe of the last five years, and two of us were at that game, Bison and I with Pope. I mean, the Texans, did you ever get a chance to go back and watch that replay? Bison of the of the touchdown that was called back, but probably was a touchdown if they had challenged it. It, it was a touchdown. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. The the Texans scored a touchdown to essentially would have won the game, and the refs called it a, not a touchdown. And Lovey Smith didn't challenge. Oh, he's the worst. He's a bad he's coach. The, yeah. He's so so guy. then the you know the 
Cowboys get the ball back with what, like 41 seconds and marched 98 yards for the winning score. I mean, otherwise the Cowboys lose that game. Uh, are, there, are there rules on when you can't challenge? I still don't know, know them. Like under know a either. certain amount of time. It's, it, no, no, it was the end of the game. It was the fourth minutes. quarter. Oh, inside, inside, inside of two minutes, all the, the challenges are called by the booth, by the booth, excuse me. But it was it was outside of two minutes. And so oh, it would have had to have been a Texans challenge. I mean, oh. everybody in the stadium thought it was a touchdown when it happened. And then I mean, you got to just throw the flag automatically. At that yeah. point. I mean, what are you, <laughs> what are you, you saving lose? your challenge for? I mean, right? One in 10. Yeah. It's and then, crazy. Of course, and let's not forget that then they they didn't kick the field goal. They went for it. Now, and didn't score. I, right. I'm not totally opposed to that. You know, you're on the road. You get a touchdown. The game's over. Um, but, you know, the flip side of that is you kick a field goal and you give up a touchdown. You just got to come down and kick a field goal. And they they arguably, you know, but for some penalties, they put themselves in yep. close enough to maybe, you know, complete a short pass and then try a field goal. What was your, you guys, you guys were right there with the bird's yeah. eye. Did, did you guys, were you guys screaming to kick the field goal or do you think the play was to go for it? Cause I thought he should have kicked the field goal. I'm with Bison. I thought with a record like theirs, why not just go for it? Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. What do they have yeah. to, what do they have to prove? Right. You know, they got to win some games and get the their only, confidence back. The only, you know, kind of flip side of that for my thinking was on third down, they lost like three or three yards. Right. And mm-hmm. so instead of going from, you know, the sixth inch line to having to shove it in on fourth down, they had to pick up three and a half yards. The play so calling that, was suspect really for both. Teams. Yeah. Both teams. Dem boys didn't look good. I, I was thinking about you house. I mean, they weren't, they weren't too threatening. I don't get, I don't get what all this analytics love is for the cowgirls. I just don't get it. <laughs> well, they never threw the ball to CD lamb. They hardly threw the ball to, to Michael Gallup. I mean, they, they were running the ball up the middle a lot and throwing screens to their backs and threw a lot to Schultz. But I mean, Dak I mean, the weird is, play calling. Dak is just a guy. I mean, he yeah. really is just a guy. He is. He looked terrible. I mean, he looked terrible. Yeah. In that game. I've got Gallup on one of my fantasy teams. So I was watching him a lot. And on that interception that Dak threw in the end zone, you know, right, right close to the end zone. Gallup was wide open in the corner of the end zone and Dak tried to force it into someone else and it got picked. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dak it's didn't interesting look good. because they've got on that wide receiver core, they've got Noah Brown who's serviceable. They've got yep. Gallup who's serviceable. They've got CeeDee Lamb who's supposed to be a star receiver. And today they signed T.Y. Hilton. I don't really. Yeah. Wow. I don't really. I don't really. Why do they get need it. him? Let me get to my waiver wire. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> Well, so, so the, you know, that should have been the upset of the day, but it turns out the upset of the day was how about them lions beating the, beating up on the Vikings. I mean, we had a lot, we had a lot of fun making fun of Dan Campbell when he had his introductory press conference, but that guy went for it on what, like fourth and eight from his own 26 and they, and they converted. He, (laughs) he had a, he called a play in overtime where Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle, goes in motion and catches the pass for the touchdown. I mean, they're crazy, but they're winning. We've all seen it. I mean, we I think all of us, maybe I don't know if you did uh, milk with the Lions, with the Bucks, but 
I, I said early on this season, I thought the Bucks and the Jags were improving teams. I mean, the, the Lions and the the Lions and the Jags were improving teams. I then we then played them, and I the Lions were kind of scary. They they definitely had some talent. I think yeah. they ended up beating the Commanders. They beat the Giants. The, so I mean, I, this They're team can definitely play. They've won five out of their last six games. Yeah, and it's I'm not just worried about them speaking up on us. Yeah, they could. It's not, oh, yeah. it's not just their you know their toughness. I mean, Goff threw for three hundred thirty yards and three touchdowns. I mean, he's playing. Yeah. He's playing better right now than he has in years. So they look good. Yeah, I wouldn't want to play them in the playoffs at all. They look yeah. really good. They, you know, they kept the Vikings from uh, clinching a playoff spot. They will, but they could have done it yesterday. The one team that did, though, was the Eagles. First team to clinch. Um, God, they beat the House. snot out of my Giants. <laughs> Holy smokes. Oh, boy, did they. that was yeah. tough. That was tough. I, I uh, hate to tell you this, but there are some teams that are frauds in the NFL. And one of them is the Vikings who, okay. by the way, going into that game had been outscored by their opponents by one point. They have less, they are, they are 10 and three or whatever. And they have scored fewer points on the season. Their opponents have, that's almost impossible when you're that's 10 hard. And three. That's pretty yeah. hard to do. And, right. and, and the Vikings are frauds. And uh, I think the Titans are frauds. And I think the Giants are frauds, but it's not really a fraud because they don't really have the players. But I think their record is a little fraudulent. Yeah, their but record was not real. There's, there's nobody on that team. Saquon is hurt. This neck yep. injury is bothering him. Yep. And there is nobody on this team, like nobody. And and you know who else you well, can actually, add to that fraud, that fraud list? The Cowboys. The Cowboys for sure. The Dolphins. Frauds, yeah. frauds, oh my God. Frauds. They're fading faster than the yeah, Giants. Man. Yeah. Well, not quite, but if it, it feels like it. I I in the NFC, it's the Eagles and the 49ers, and then the they it's a pretty big commanders between anyone else. <laughs> Who was it? Was it Bison last week? Was somebody on here said to believe in Brock Purdy? Who's somebody? I did. It yeah. was Bison. You were right. Yeah. You're totally yeah. right. Honestly. Is it Brock Purdy or could real could you be quarterback for the 49ers house? Yeah, I, mean, I could be. I mean, I could be for most teams, bull. but their their defense <laughs> is unbelievable. He got the he got the snot knocked out of his head on the first play and got up and just yeah, like no big deal. I'm gonna drive right. down for a touchdown. He he's, no, he's playing great. He's, got, he's very poised. He's playing great. His defense is helping him tremendously. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I want to throw out another team and see if we think they're are we ready to call them frauds yet? The Buffalo Bills. Whoa. Ooh, no. Whoa, what? I oh, wouldn't no, say no. frauds. Easy. I did say they I I didn't I said they're not as great as everyone thinks, but I don't know about frauds. Oh that that uh, there goes oh. cricket. What cricket? Wireless. What? I'm out. I was saying you can't rip on the bills in the horrible weather. Yeah. Why not? Right. That's where they play. It was like snowing, raining. It was. I'll tell you, the team. Vikings that's, game, the Jets. Also bad there are definitely three teams in the, in the who are lucky as hell to still be division leaders, <laughs> and we know one of them is the Bucks. <laughs> Another one's the Titans, but the Ravens. My God, the Ravens are down to their third string quarterback, and and if uh, Pickett hadn't gotten a concussion. Uh, the Bengals would be in sole possession of first place in the AFC North. 
but they brought in Mitch Trubisky, who proceeded to throw the ball three times to the other team <laughs> and gave the game away. Um, but the Bengals keep winning. I think, the, like I said last week, I think the Bengals pull away now that the Ravens isn't Huntley out for at least a week. Yeah. So now they're down to their third string quarterback. Um, and the Bengals just keep getting better. Seahawks lost to the Panthers. Didn't see that coming. Uh, that helps commanders and the Giants. Mm-hmm. Hang on there. I still think the Giants are going to figure out a way not to make it. The the I'm not kidding you. The Bucks should be very afraid of the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, absolutely. The Bucks have a. I mean, the Panthers have a real defense. I like think a the Panthers real, are real win defense. The I think they win the division. I'm being serious. They, I'm not just saying that. I think they're going to win at eight and nine. I, what do I, we I, think? I, what do we think about a a division winner who has a below 500 record being getting the division seed, the division well, winning seed talk. in the play. I know we had this debate <laughs> last year, right? Easy. I mean, it's, I, 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 I'm with you that if you win the division, you, you get to go to the playoffs, but should they, should be, should they be punished in the seating? If they're that the, horrible, the bucks have no business being in the playoffs. There is going there is going to be a 13 or 14 win team that is going to play on the road at either Tampa or Carolina or Atlanta who has either eight or nine wins. And that is a travesty. That's a travesty. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And you guys are putting the Titans in the playoffs. That division, the Jacksonville Jaguars are in it. Yeah. They are playing awesome, by the way. Trevor Lawrence has been fantastic the last four games. The uh, yeah, Titans turned the ball over four the Titans. Um, speaking of that Bucks game, there's a bit of a controversy in San Francisco now on the play calling by Shanahan. Uh, Jerry Rice is criticizing Shanahan. The play that Debo got injured on mm-hmm. was a, a run play up the middle for their star wide receiver in a game that was already over. You know, they were crushing was, the Bucks. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't know what the score was at that time. It was it was that well, it might it might have been two touchdowns or three touchdowns, but it was seven. So basically. you're running Debo Samuel up the middle at this point? That, I don't get that. I mean, you've got some running backs on that team. Yeah. Got the playoffs those, coming up. Those injuries are, you know, we've seen them happen every which way, right? Yeah. Um I mean, it's hard to – sometimes the the safest plays are the runs up the middle, right? I mean, it seems like the guys who get hurt are, I don't know, coming across the middle or, or usually outside the play. I, honestly, with these knee injuries are usually non-contact issues. How soon do you guys have coming up in the last we have uh, We have the – so if we win the next two – Well, who are the next two? Bears away. Oh, so you have no worries. And then we have the Cowboys – on Christmas Eve in Dallas. Ooh, yeah. That's tasty. Now with with the Vikings loss yesterday, we can actually afford to lose that game and then win out at home against the Saints and the Giants and still keep home field throughout and have the bye. So we the Vikings gave us a chance to like have one to lose. Um if we beat the Bears, we're still in fine shape and I think we'll be okay. Um the thing is if you beat the if, if you beat the Cowboys and you beat them convincingly, I think you take the wind out of Dak's sails altogether. He's a crushed man. Well, he you already know? is. Yeah, but I mean, you don't you want to? 
Don't you want to? You could you could go six ruin his confidence. Oh yeah, I mean this this team is this team. You know, it's it's just generally a Philly thing, but definitely for this team, they keep reading this bulletin board material of Eagles haven't played anybody, and oh, the analytics say the Cowboys. This team has a chip on their shoulder, and this team, the last two weeks, they are definitely together. They're the like, oh, the Lions time, might beat they them. tanked the game on purpose. Uh, don't, I don't think you want to do that this year. No, I don't think that's going to happen. That that was two years ago, but uh, yeah, but yeah, it was two years. Years. 16 and one would be a hell of an accomplishment. I mean, that'd be quite a season. Yeah. I don't think there's, oh, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. think there's ever been a team that has won 16 regular season games. Yeah. Who beat you? So, uh, the face mask beat us. Uh, uh, <laughs> <not> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I got. All right. Fellas. Well, I'll give, us the, give us the bad news. Fellas, please. I hope Tad Thomas is not listening. So I'm just going to tell you what happened here. We had two teams, the Bisons and the Roosters, who had the Cowboys minus 17. We know that how that worked out. <laughs> we had the Bo- the Popes taking the Vikings plus one. We know how that worked out. Yes. We had we had Milk and the Steelers minus three. We we know how that worked out. And we had the House. And the Bills minus nine, who won by eight. This esteemed crew just went over five. Oh, <laughs> How do you do that? How is that possible? Who would you say was the most confident about their pick last week? I would say Bison and Rooster, the Cowboys minus 17. <laughs> yeah. 17. Followed by Pope, who acted like we were all idiots for not taking the Vikings. Yeah. Well, there we can still catch Pope. He's at eight and six. And uh, he's Ugh. he's got a two game lead over me and uh, Milk and Rooster and, and Bison's just <laughs> half game behind with that tie. So <laughs> let's get it going. I have a correspondent pick from our uh, Vatican City friend. The Pope has taken the Bengals minus three and a half at the Buccaneers. I love it. And milk, something tells me you want to take that pick too. I can't bet against my own team, but I was no. going to tell you guys. Let me go first, so you can change your pick if you want. I love the Bengals, like really, really like them. Take them, um, but I'm going to go with. I think to our to our frauds in in Nashville. I love the Chargers last night. They're good thing going with Mike Williams back. I love that. Whoever, whatever idiot dropped him in our fantasy football league. That would be me. Yeah, I know it was you. (laughs) Uh, I love the Chargers at home, minus three. Yeah, and I'm going to give you a bonus, give you two and a half. I love that pick, too. Two and a half, all right. I think think Herbert, specifically with Mike Williams, is going to go like rocket launch the rest of the season. They could make the playoffs now at seven and six. I will go next. Um, I do like the steam that the Panthers are picking up. I think the Steelers are in big trouble. Um, Pickett's in the concussion protocol. I don't know if he'll be back, but I think the Panthers have something to play for. I think the Steelers don't. I'm going to take the Panthers minus two and a half at home against the Steelers. And I can't believe I just announced I'm taking a Panthers for a bet for anything. Right. Yeah. Um, and you Rooster, seem confident. You're very confident on it. I, Rooster, what, what do you got? I have the, I've got the Bengals. What is it? Three and a half? Minus three and a half or three? It's uh, minus I three and a half. Four. I right. see four, but that's okay. Whatever. All right. I've got the Bengals. 
Bengals minus three and a half. Bison? Well, uh, I mean, what do they say that, that, uh, oh, we have a guest visitor. Oh. Idiocy is, uh, is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. I'm going to take the Chiefs giving 14. <laughs> oh, my God. Awesome. You're really doing that? Yep, I'm in. I'm all in on the Chiefs over the Texans. The Texans oh, beautiful. Just had their best moment, and they they've got they've just got gut punched, and they won't recover. Beautiful. All right. Well, I think as we were saying, um, the Cowboys suck. Oh, there's Brian Pope. Did is you want to say something? Is that Cooper Rush in the background? Yeah. <laughs> should be. It should be. Oh, I, hey guys. Should be. Hey, just got oh, back. There he is. Hey, just got back from the star meeting with Jerry and the boys. Going yeah, over, how's uh, it going on Victory Monday and Jerry? Victory World? Monday. Yeah. You know, Pope, um, guess who made our fraud list this week? We we put <laughs> your, your what list? The fraud the frauds, list. NFL oh. frauds. Oh, I see. We had, I guess we did. You know, you can look at it from the perspective of the Cowboys played with their food for, oh, I don't know, 58 minutes. But that final drive was, was a, a drive of beauty. It was necessary. It gets them ready for the playoffs. That's that's the glasses half full approach. Guys, <laughs> this this guy was in the parking lot jumping up and down saying, we're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I love when Pope comes on late after smoking crack. He should do this yeah. every week. <laughs> so much. So hanging out. Hey, hanging out with Jerry Jones. You know, you never know what you're going to get. So uh, okay. look, look, uh, <laughs> um, that was a uh, that was a wake up call. Uh, you know, my, uh, my favorite coach, Nick Saban likes to say a little rat poison is not too bad every now and then. And, and, uh, the Cowboys definitely were thinking that they were definitely, you know, the, the elite other maybe than the Eagles in the NFC and they get to play the Jags. And I think they're, you'll see a different team on, on Sunday. And, uh, and then, mm. Hey, you guys will come Ooh. Eagles are coming uh, Christmas Eve meal. Looking I think forward you're to having. Your, I'm looking forward to having some fried bird on. Christmas I think you're season. losing your next two. All right, moving wow. right along. Got to. We got to get off the NFL. Uh, moving right along. Um, just a quick. We've got to do this. House wanted this on here, and he kind of suckered me in to talk uh, baseball hot stove. <laughs> it's um, your expertise. What, what is yeah. this? Oh, you this already did. Our, we've already done the picks. You got mine. Oh yeah, we got it. We got it. Yeah. We got it. Good pick. Good pick. Good pick. Bangles, Listen, there's yeah. really just one MLB hot stove story to talk about that matters at all. Uh, congratulations, Rooster, on Aaron Judge. Nine years, $360 million. And of one. course, of course, you gotta you gotta be a little happy for Judge, who bet on himself in a contract. You're right. He turned down mm-hmm. $270 million, I think, the year before. Uh, and played out of his mind and cashed in big time. So that that's, uh, I mean, I guess we have to talk about the Phillies, don't we? There, you can there's talk another about, story. Uh, the you can talk about show. the Padres if you want. You can talk about the Padres and Xander. Yeah, and the Padres are 
looking pretty, pretty they have good. A tough too. Lineup. What, what about the two-time Cy Young pitcher who's coming to my team? Yeah, you could talk about Degrom. Talk, Degrom. Oh, I thought you were talking about Verlander. I thought you were talking about Verlander so going to the Mets. If the if the Rangers <laughs> win every fifth game, what kind of a year are they going to have? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Now he's a Rangers fan. Oh. Yep. The, the Rangers have made some other pickups, though, right? Yeah, they got Haney uh, from the Dodgers, who you know was off and on. And then, uh, I mean, they're going to re-sign Martin Perez. Their Perez, their pitching yeah. staff is going to be was an all star. I mean, their pitching staff is going to yeah. be next year as good as we've had since we ran that made that run back in the early two thousand teens when they were you know a strike away from winning the World Series twice. DeGrom's bet their best pitcher since I would say, well, definitely Nolan you, Ryan. Well, you for sure. And then I maybe probably say Cliff Lee, you know, in between. It's a bit, it's a big signing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who, where, where did uh, I forget? Where did Josh Bell go? He, he moved to, he moved right? away from the Padres. Yeah. I forget uh, where he landed, but that was may, ended maybe up to the Cardinals, the Cubs, no, or the, the Guardians. Guardians, the Guardians, oh, the Guardians. Right, right, right. Yeah. Two years, 33 well, million. Yeah. But how Guardians. about the Mets? Reuniting Max and Verlander. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big move. Yeah. That is I a big st- move. It's, I still think it's risky come playoff time. I mean, I, to, to bet on those older arms, I know Verlander was ridiculous this year, but I don't know. I, I'm not betting on the Mets. I think, I think the Padres, if Tatis stays off the hooch, I think right. that they're going to be really, really tough. They've got a great pitching staff. They've got a, really tough lineup and the Phil signing Turner. I just, there's nowhere to, there's nowhere to run or hide after the first, I don't know, seven batters. You, where are you going to, where are you, you going to pitch to? So it's great. I think that's, you know, that in the Bogarts, those are the two most consequential signings. I mean, the Yankees getting uh, or, or re-signing. Uh, yeah. That's status jobs, quo. It's status quo. That's right. right. But but the Phils adding Turner and the Padres adding Bogarts, those are those are the two difference makers to me. And it's interesting because those are the two teams that were in the NLCS, of course. Uh, so they both they both reloaded a little bit. Um, I just don't know how the the Phillies pay for. I mean, at some point, you know, you you're not going to have your relievers or so, I mean something, right? I mean, I don't know. It's it's uh. Oof, yeah, yeah no, it's it, a big payroll. It's a big, it's a big payroll. Um, they they need help in the relief. I don't think Jose Alvarado and Sir Anthony Dominguez is going to do it. They did leave. They they lost uh, David Robertson, who signed with the Mets. So they're still going to have some back end issues. They're going to have to score a lot of runs. They signed this guy, uh, Taiwan Walker, from uh, the Mets, who had a really nice season last year. So I think they got. Solid starters, a solid lineup, but the relief, we'll see. Um, I think let's not forget that although the Braves have a decision to make about Dansby Swanson, they just signed a great catcher uh, from the Oakland A's, and they've got an incredibly young lineup. And I don't know. I, I still think the Braves are going to be a team to beat in the NL too, because they're so young and so good. And of course, really the, 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 I I overlooked this one when I was talking about the other trade, the other signings, but in the American league, I really think that the one key signing has to be the Toronto blue Jays signing Kevin Kiermaier away from the Tampa Bay. (laughs) Huge milk. 
Is your heart broken, my friend? It was. I shed a tear that day. It's the best, the best tear of joy raise made in twenty years. Mm. You can forget right. about the raise now this year. Yeah. Hope, did you hear that uh, Terrence Steele has a torn ACL? I did. That I got that report as when I was up uh, at the Star. Yeah. And I'm here to report that we uh, just signed T.Y. Hilton, and I'm not exactly uh, that was sure. Your late news, oh, there's already, already reported. The old news. Wait, I'm not exactly report. sure. I think why. that I, from what I've seen uh, on the beach, I'm pretty sure both Bison and House could beat him in a race. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Somebody, we, I didn't have this on the agenda, uh, so this is a late entry here. But uh, somebody tell tell the world what happened in the Heisman race. Caleb Williams, baby. Yeah, I see it. Milk, you got it behind you there, right? So yeah. you take Do you this know the one best look. part about that picture is? What is that? It's Johnny Manziel in the back right corner. Oh, that is. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's just wow. There. Wow. Yeah. Mr. No, Irrelevant. I mean, They're getting ready to sing, uh, do one of those commercials, I guess. With all the Heisman guys in the house. Oh yeah. So is this sure. this is at least the second year in a row that a sophomore's won it, right? Yeah. Uh, no, Bryce was was he a sophomore? He's a, he was a sophomore. He was a sophomore. Yeah, because yeah. he's he's eligible to go to the draft this year. All right, but we could probably figure out this math now. Certainly Pope or Milk could. Now how many Heisman's has Lincoln Riley produced? Because it's at least three or four. Baker, Kyler. Caleb. I think there's one other. Jalen won it? No. Jalen didn't win it, right? No, No. Jalen didn't win. But I mean. But he went went to New York. I mean, this guy. He had a heck of a year. Yeah. Yeah, He's a machine. He's a machine. That's for sure. Sure. Well, congratulations to Caleb on, on winning the Heisman this year. That's a consolation prize for not going to the playoffs. Well, I think he even said That's that. That's what I he said. Yeah. Himself, I know he yeah. said it. <laughs> yeah. 30, right. 30. I mean, his stats were pretty crazy. 37 TDs, I think, what, four interceptions? It's pretty, that's, you know. I hope he brings was, that shit was, to Arlington. Bring that shit to Arlington in the Cotton yeah, Bowl. Way we're ready for you, Caleb. Whoa, whoa. We're ready for you, Caleb. Oh, wow. Okay, nice. Wow. I like wow. that. <laughs> okay. I'm sure he's quivering right now <laughs> the roll wave <laughs> yeah 62 to 9 in that game all right uh hope uh, another late entry on the uh on the agenda here um we got Brittany grinder back we did yes some qbs were shouting about this all year so we got to talk about the, the homecoming right we should we should take credit you gotta, yeah. <laughs> only for one half of the trade. Yeah, we, I'm not sure. We <laughs> yeah, yeah. better GMs yeah. than that. We just, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I don't. We don't want to step into the political uh, morass that this would, this would potentially create because it it is a. Uh, um, let's just say it's good to have an American back home during the holidays who was wrongfully imprisoned, and I'm sure abused. Uh, by you know uh, an authoritarian regime like Russia, and I'm just happy for her and her family uh, and friends that she's back. Let's leave it at that. I'll step into the political. Well said. It's not political. It's just like you said. It's an American citizen who was uh, unjustly held and who is now home. There's nothing political about it. We should celebrate 
the fact that she that she's home with her family, uh, hopefully uh, with with as little harm as possible. But I did read one interesting thing about it that was um, about a week ago, a week before she came home, they said that she shaved her her head. And you know why she did that? Because every time she would wash her hair, it was so cold in the prison that she would have chilled for hours while her hair dried. And they said that she was really buckling in. She did not think she was coming home. She mm. was she was getting ready for the long haul. Mm. So, uh, wow. I mean, that's just a that's got to just be a, a, a terrifying experience to go through. I think well, Milk, know, and I di- Milk and I disagree with you that it's not political, but we can talk about that later. Well, and, and credit to her, though, because she's already come out and said she's going to do everything she can to help get others in her situation. Well, we need to, we need to get that Marine back. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But we also don't ever need to be trading. What was his nickname? The agent the of death. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, what no. do you, what do we say? What's the message there? Yeah. We, we'll give that well, guy back. I don't like that. No. Well, all you no. need to do is listen to his family. But again, let's, let's, let's avoid that. We're, we're happy. She's home. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. We're happy. Are happy. She's home. Excellent. Right. Exactly. We were calling. We were calling for it since it happened. All right. Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Kujay with a triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. Let's uh, let's punch some people. And you know, I thought we were going to have that rare week where we had a lasso and no punchables. No. But alas, the sports world rarely lets us down and coming up with some total fucking asshole who's out there. Um, and I actually have two punchable faces wow. this week. Um, House, actually, I think you brought them both to my attention, but um, look, I, this shouldn't be the commander show here on punchable face, but oh, once geez. again, um, <laughs> it's really hard not to. And of course, what we, we have should rename this, week, this the Dan Snyder award. Well, we might right. have to, we might, maybe that'll be episode one Oh one, uh, when we get there. But of course this past week we had the, uh, house oversight committee's report come out on the investigation. Um, to say it's damning doesn't do it justice. Uh, What we know is that Dan Snyder for 20 plus years has run a hostile work environment and has done everything that you would expect an evil billionaire owner to do to escape responsibility, including sending thugs to witnesses' homes to intimidate them, uh, paying hush money, um, you know, directing everything uh, from his office, including parading the cheerleaders out on the field when he and his buddies would sit in the owner's suite with binoculars and and ogle them. Uh, And of course, that doesn't go even anywhere near the the incident reported of him pushing a cheerleader into his limo, trying to push her in there uh, so he could have his way with her. So um, this organization, I mean, let's just hope that all the rumors we've heard about him selling the team are true because there is no place uh, in the NFL for him. And by the way, uh, unfortunately, the NFL has to take a punch too here because the report indicates the complicity 
uh, that the NFL had in in protecting Snyder and keeping the stories uh, under the radar and in doing everything possible that this stuff wouldn't get out. Uh, the NFL is a criminal enterprise in a lot of ways. Uh, it is the biggest uh, bully in the sports universe, and it behaves that way. And honestly, I think, uh, you know, Roger Goodell, uh, if, if the NFL owners are going to push Dan Snyder out, they probably need to push Goodell out too. They, they have a serious culture problem. And if Snyder survives this at all, it will just be because all the owners are just like him. They didn't and give a shit about Snyder's behavior until he started ripping them off. Amen. Right. Amen. That's what we said. That's the truth. Time. So it's uh, it's really just a a horrid, horrid organization, and, and he's just really a bad, bad dude. So Snyder, Goodell, the NFL, the Commanders, you all get a punch. Well said. The other one, the other punchable face is uh, a little more breaking news, and maybe we don't know how this one's going to turn out, but I think we have to mention uh, Texas coach uh, Chris Beard, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it doesn't look good. It doesn't yeah. look good. I mean, Beard was arrested by Austin police, uh, I guess this morning, early this morning, on basically charges that he was choking out a member of his family. Uh, I'm not sure that we know know who at this point uh um, unless it's his 300 pound brother i mean it kind of doesn't matter yeah exactly <laughs> exactly exactly um so you know sure of course, it's a female yeah yeah i mean his his lawyer has issued a statement saying he shouldn't have been arrested my understanding was at least at, at the time that that the news broke he hadn't even been uh wasn't out on bail or bond or anything at this point uh, so there's more to this story. I'm sure we'll hear. But, you know, listen, if you get to a point where you're getting arrested for choking a member of your family, you deserve a punch in the face. Yeah, yes. right. Horrible. I don't think so, we're going to see him at 428 at 420 in the morning. That's another. So, you know, there was a little there was a little something else that. going on there. Well, too, let's, right? let's be really careful what we say about this without knowing the facts, because there yeah, are some clear. some facts coming out from Austin that may indicate it was possibly the boyfriend of the daughter. So let's just oh cool our heels and, and yeah, it's not a good thing, but uh, that's okay. Uh, you should always choke. Yeah, boyfriends. no, I have no, I have no problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, right. So let's, let's reserve. Yeah, let's, <laughs> I, I agree. We should, Can we agree that someone the daughter at 420 in the morning? Now that's a different story. Can we agree that someone is getting a punch in this factual scenario? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody is getting a punch. Somebody the already did. Yes. Somebody oh, already so, did. Somebody someone, did. Yeah. Someone, yeah, someone <laughs> relating to the Chris Beard situation is getting a punch. <laughs> we hope everyone's okay. We don't mean to All make right. too much light of it. All right. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's move on to happier things. Rooster, give us a laugh, though. All right, this is this is more of a bad story turned good kind of lasso. Um, young a young man who screwed up and then accepted responsibility and did the right thing. You know, we were all wondering why in the world is the U.S. not playing Gio Reyna more? Mm. Um, you know, in the first couple of games. 
he didn't even get into the Wales game, I don't think. And the coach was the coach was very kind of closed lip about it, even though people were critical of him. There were lots of people in the soccer world, including um, Reina's dad, who were kind of coming down on the coach. Now, now it comes out that um, this guy was putting forth like an alarmingly poor effort in the uh, scrimmage that happened before, right before the World Cup started, right before the Wales game. So they benched him. And then in the practice sessions after the Wales game, same kind of behavior to the point where the veterans on the team are like, he's either hurt or there's something going on with him, but this, this, this is unacceptable. And um, so after all the bad press came out against the coaches, uh, against the coach, the vets, I think went back to him and said, you know, you need, you need to grow up here. And he did. Um, He stood up in front of the whole team after, after the loss and said, I accept responsibility. This is on me. It's not on the coach and apologized to the whole team. And they've all accepted him. And I think he's a super talented kid. They need him in four years. I'm, I'm hoping that he, he's only 20 years old, you know, 20 at 20 years old, you get stuff in your head and you, you act immaturely, but I think he's taken the right, the step towards maturity. I hope, I hope, Four years from now, we're we're cheering for many goals scored by Gio Reyna on behalf of the U.S. It's a great one. This there's a silver lining to this story, which is how popular and how attention grabbing soccer is getting in the United States. The fact that this is this would be a front page tabloid story in any European newspaper. Yeah, there's no question about it. The fact that it's now in the sports ether in the United States and it's all over Twitter and social media about the Gio Reyna story means that we care about soccer. I could not agree with you more. Rooster, he's a 20-year-old kid with a ton of talent. He'll be fine for 2026. He stood up. He apologized. That's a really good one. Deserving of a lasso. What, what's the uh, what's the kid name in Ted Lasso? The the uh, the bad apple player. Oh, gets- right. Right. Whose dad kind of- yeah. Is abusive to him. Yeah. What is that? Guy's yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it'll come to me. Oh my God. Uh, the little asshole. Yeah. The little uh, asshole. You talking the, about Jamie Tart? Yeah. yeah Jamie, Jamie Tart. Tart. It's like a Jamie Tart story. It's like a real yeah. Ted Lasso episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. All right. Good one, Rooster. Good one. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, Rooster, you got one more item for this week, don't you? Or house, you want to take it? Well, I think those of us, probably in the crowd of me, Rooster and Pope, who who are around <laughs> to, to see a little bit of Paul Silas basketball, have an appreciation. Yeah. This is a good Ooh. one that we lost. Uh, yeah, I know. Let me tell you about, sit, come sit on my lap, Milk. I'm going to tell you a story about Paul Silas. <laughs> tell me a story, please. This guy had the softest touch for a big man that you can imagine. Well, his son's coaching the Rockets now. He's a he's a really really good guy. That this is this kind of shows you how like through a generation you just forget about good players. This guy is a two time All Star, three time NBA champion, two with the Celtics, one with the SuperSonics, five time All Defensive Player. His number is retired at Creighton Basketball. He's the 1963 NCAA Rebound Leader. Uh, Paul Silas was a really really good player, not a great coach. He happened to be LeBron's first coach, and the reason he was LeBron's first coach. Is because they want to give LeBron a really good mentor to start out. And I think I'm not saying that Paul Silas is responsible for LeBron's greatness, but I mean, it wasn't a bad way to get, get the kid started. And uh, he 
almost had a career double-double. He had 12,000 points, 12,000 rebounds, averaged just under 10 and 10, and was an all-star player and died uh, yesterday at the age of 79. So I think we'll pour one out for the great Paul Silas. Cheers. I don't know if you guys have already mentioned it, but uh, prayers to uh, the Pirate. Uh, We did. We did. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, Well, we had one other event over the weekend. Has there been a recap of the first impressions of the Death Star from some of the pod members here? Yeah, we talked, we talked about a little bit. We talked about Jerry World. How, how awesome and inspired you were by walking through the corridors of the greatness, five Lombardies, that kind of thing. Nice. You know, it's, um, it's sort of like, let me, let me say, let me put it this way. I mean, Jerry World is very impressive. It, it's a beautiful uh, stadium and venue. Um, we had a great, great seat. It's a great host. Uh, it real Jerry World really is something else. But the saying that comes to mind uh, when I think about it is you can put lipstick on a pig poop but the Cowboys are still a bunch of fucking pigs. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> wow. But you weren't on, but Nace said FedEx field is actually better put together. <laughs> better, better put together. I thought I was in the world's most expensive bomb shelter. Oh, oh, oh. Wow. wow. The reviews are glowing. <laughs> no, I, I wanted, I wanted this. I wanted to hear. I, uh, well, I, what did I, what did I tell you bison in the, in uh, like we're getting towards the crunch time of the fourth quarter and, and they still, they have to have the fucking, you know, uh, Vigia board say, get loud, telling right. the crowd, we need it's you to get loud. It's embarrassing. It's also, what was it's my also- quote to you? I said, do you think that they have to do this? At Eagle and for the at the link, hell no. I mean, what, what is our problem? It's also, you know, it's kind of a weird stadium, and it's like, it's like you're in a fake environment. That's part of the problem. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I well, mean, that, that could arguably be Dallas, but Matt the Hat uh, <laughs> made the point, and he was like, you know, it's a weird stadium. You don't hear like the hits. You don't hear the the ball get kicked. Like, you know, it's it's almost like the acoustics are they drown out like the actual noise of the game. You didn't hear anything. That was my impression when I went, I, I said this with at the great uh, birthday party bash Cochran law firm party, which thanks again to the Cochran firm. Now that you're here, Pope, thanks for hosting us this weekend. It was great. But I said to Jim Mitchell when he, when he was there, one of our listeners occasionally, never, uh, never, it, never, never. It's never. just, you're, you're a true spectator. You're not a participant in the action. You don't hear the action. You're so removed from the action. It is a spectacle. It is something to be seen. Plus you're you watching the game know. on television. Yeah, you That high up, you're watching the game on television. Well, it was a fun day anyway. And, and it is, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was an impressive building. That's yeah, sure. it's, it's very impressive. It's, it's something I'm glad. I, I'm, I'm definitely glad I can say I've been there. And I appreciate the hospitality. Yep. But the Cowboys still fucking suck. Yes. Let's end on that. All right, guys. Anything else? Anybody got anything else this week? All right. We'll have have a uh, a new World Cup champion when we're back together next week. So uh, go France. Merci.
The SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.